Hi, I'm James Jacobson. And I'm Pamela Lawrence. On today's episode, we meet Kelly Lund and his wolf dog, Loki. Their love of exploring the great outdoors together has turned into a business that inspires others to get out there. That's in the first half of the show. In the second half, we take flight with Peter Rourke, a pilot whose rescue transport flights have brought more than 15,000 pets to their forever homes. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk. We've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? I really miss traveling. Oh, gosh. I miss traveling so much. I just can't wait. That's the first thing I'm going to do when we get this whole thing out of the way. Well, I've taken to scrolling Instagram accounts that feature beautiful (laughs) travel pictures and, of course, cute dogs. Me too. I get that. Of course, there are so many cute dogs out there, but not all of them are these little cute dogs. Some of them are pretty big. In fact, that's how I got to chat with Kelly Lund, who runs an account that features both of those things. It's called Loki the Wolf Dog. Now, Loki is what's known as a low-content wolf dog or a wolf hybrid his mom was a husky, and his dad was a wolf and a malamute. Ah, he is one of my favorites, and I know a lot of people who follow that account. It's definitely what Loki is. He's definitely, I guess, one of the more famous dogs out there on Instagram as far as numbers. His photos are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just pure escapism for me. So I wanted to go through this exercise of seeing if I can take those photos and just translate them into audio because, you know, I'm a sound person, so it made sense. Yeah. So I came up with this audio postcard. You're going to want to put your headphones on for this. I want to hear this. December 10th, 2016. We paddled on an alpine lake outside of Telluride, Colorado, not far from one of Nikola Tesla's laboratories high in the mountains. October 12th, 2015. Dreams on fire. September 11th, 2015. Wild nights chasing jackrabbits and eating camp food. Powderhorn, Colorado. March 16th, 2015. Chase snowboarders, not mailmen. January 28th, 2016. Nothing like an icy mountain sip. Aspen, Colorado. May 25th, 2017. Falling slowly and all at once. Oregon. November 10th, 2018. 
step inside. Winter is coming, and it's got our heart beating heavy. October 4th, 2015. We don't exactly leash up and walk around the neighborhood. Buffalo Peaks Wilderness. Wow, that was really good. That makes me want to get out there and try some of those things with my dogs, which of course is what Kelly and Loki's main mission is all about. To inspire others to get out explore their world, and make memories with their dogs. So we know Instagram can sometimes feel really curated. I'll Pe- say. <laughs> yeah. People only, I know mine is, people only put forward what they want the world to see. Mm-hmm. But Loki the wolf dog, to me, feels very genuine. Like, what you see is really what you get. You're right, it is, because it is who Kelly is. I mean, it reflects who he is. He's been doing this his whole life. Camping, traveling, that was a big part of our life. Growing up, my parents owned a campground, and we traveled a lot, and we're in the outdoors. Having dogs was always a huge passion of mine. It just made sense that he found a way to turn that passion into a career. And it all started with a video that Kelly entered into a contest for GoPro cameras. We were backcountry skiing, so it was a thing that we've always done and kind of created a lot of content around is um, just filming him when we're backcountry skiing, him running kind of usually slow-mo in the snow. The video won. Later on that summer, I took a photo of him in a hammock sleeping like on my chest. And that photo went on to hit the front page of Reddit. Uh, My neighbor texted me and said, hey, you're on the front page of Reddit. You know, I said, what's Reddit? Publications across the web also featured the hammock photo. Within like four or six weeks, we went from having 80,000 followers to having 600,000 followers. Um, So it grew really quickly and it kind of grew outside of Instagram. Now here is where we get back to that concept of authenticity. When you look at his feed, you feel like you're really getting into his head and understand his process. I really had to stay internal with my creative process. I knew that as things grew, I'd get more and more outside influence. I think when you try to be creative, then it feels a little forced and maybe maybe looks a little mimicky. Um, but if you just kind of stay simple within yourself, I think sometimes for me, that's what led me to where I am today. And where he is today is at over 2 million followers on social media. Wow. And they've been featured in a bunch of ad campaigns for major brands. Like a luxury car company and a tire company, just to name a few. His social media success allowed him to leave the full-time job he had in order to explore the world with Loki. And they expanded their pack when they invited Kelly's girlfriend, Allie, and her dog, Bailey, on their journeys. Early on when we started dating, we actually drove to Alaska. So all four of us piled in the truck, we had all of our stuff, and you know, drove 10,000 miles to Alaska and back. I think the, the beauty of how all of us work as a team or a pack um, is, is the beauty of our life. Wow. Yeah. And people have responded so positively. The comments Kelly and Allie get online and when they meet people make you think they're really fulfilling their original mission. You know, I've heard stories of people saying, hey, I, I'm on my first camping trip and you've really been a big part of inspiring me to like, get out or I'm on my first road trip. Um, So I hear a lot of that, a lot of stories about that, which is cool. 
So Pam, I wondered if the pandemic had curtailed their travels, but I didn't get the answer that I was expecting. Mm. You know, the pandemic has been challenging in ways, but um, for us personally, it is is peas and carrots compared to, you know, seeing Bailey go through cancer. So uh, for us, that's been the, the thing that eclipses any other heartbreaking stuff kind of in our life right now. So what started out as a story about Kelly and Loki's love for the great outdoors has shifted to a different kind of love story. People are so supportive and so grateful. People love Bailey so much. Um, even though he like doesn't have his own Instagram account, he's like the sidekick, you know? Kelly and Allie have kept Loki and Bailey's fans updated throughout Bailey's illness. He's slowing down. He has um, started out as pancreatic cancer and uh, moved to hermangiosarcoma. So let's take a look at some of his comments on his, on his feed. Uh, in September 4th, 2020, he says, Got some great news yesterday. We found out Bailey's tumors are responding to the new type of chemo he started three weeks ago. It's not a cure, but it will help keep the tumors from getting larger and might even shrink some. So stoked, so grateful. Mm. And on October 14th of 2020, Kelly posts, Bailey had a checkup today and what would have been his last round of chemo, but something happened. Just as he got to the vet, he had some sort of neurological episode, like a stroke or seizure. He had two smaller ones before, but this was significant. Based on his condition with cancer, it might be a tumor in his cerebellum. We've decided not to do an MRI, because at this point, it would be for us just to know, not for him. If it is a tumor in his brain, radiation or brain chemo would just be too much for him at this point. He's back home and doing okay. Cancer sucks, I can tell you that. Mm. On November 15th, we get this post. Bailey was so brave through the very end when he took his last breath and was set free in our arms next to the warmth of the wood stove in our home early Saturday morning. I've never felt such grief as I do now. Our little family is beside itself in pain. Thank you for loving him and fighting for him in spirit as he fought for his life. Wow. Pam, their Instagram feed is full of condolence messages for Kelly and Allie, but mostly for Loki. Loki and Bailey created a bond between themselves that's so strong, it's so tangible, um, that it's been like the most incredible blessing in our life. Hopefully when the veil of grief lifts and we're finally through the pandemic, Kelly and Loki can get back to doing what they love most take Loki on a bike run most every day and to get him some exercise and um, pretty simple really we live a pretty simple life right now and in late November Kelly posted this how is Loki he is strong he is peaceful he's laid beside Bailey's grave he's been close to us he didn't want to go for a run then he did I know he feels alone without his brother but he is strength on four paws. You know, dogs really do feel grief and they can help all of us get through grief. They're amazing. We will follow the adventures of Loki as they continue to travel in uh, 2021. But stick around because we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we are going to head to the airport to hear a touching story of Peter Rourke, Dr. Peter Rourke, a surgeon, and his mission to rescue as many animals as possible on a very small airline that he created 
for that very purpose. It's through no fault of the facility. I mean, they're completely overrun. They, they can either adopt them out, they can transport them, or sadly, they could uh, euthanize them. You're listening to Dog Edition. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. It's a strange thing to do, sprinkle this powder on my food, but I wouldn't have it any other way. My time with you is precious and irreplaceable, and I'm thrilled to be with you for as long as possible. Here's to puppy playtime and senior snoozes. <laughs> no matter how old I get, I want my ever pup. It just makes me feel good in this life. And the next, and the next, and the next. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup, every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Did you know there are around 8 million animals in shelters across the country at any given time? And sadly, one animal is killed every three seconds because of overcrowding in those shelters. Because every Friday, if the kennels were full, these people are going home for the weekend and they would take care of the problem. Dr. Peter Rourke is on a mission to change that. We only fly from nonprofit to nonprofit. We only fly from the facilities that use euthanasia as a, one of their tools. So we fly from the kill to the non-kill uh, and we never charge. Peter the pilot, as he's affectionately known, wants us to imagine a world without euthanasia, a world where every animal has a home, where shelters don't suffer overcrowding, and where healthy animals don't face euthanasia. That's why Peter Rourke founded Dog is My Co-Pilot. So fasten your seatbelts, and please make sure that your tray tables and seat backs are in their full and upright position. We're about to take a very important journey. Joshua Approach, Animal Rescue Flight 7, Papa Romeo, checking in at 13.5. 3.12am, San Antonio, Texas. The crew at the shelter is gently coaxing the dogs into crates to be transported to the airport. The crews are, they're kind of like the NASCAR pit crew. Those dogs come out of there very rapidly, they get out of the way of the aircraft, and I'm off. At the airport, crates are lined up along the tarmac waiting to be loaded into the Cessna 208B Grand Caravan, also known as Big Dog. When the dogs first arrive at the airport, they're making a lot of noise. They're getting to know each other, they're barking, you know, it's a mayhem. By five o'clock a.m., all of the crates are loaded into the aircraft. The more dog crates get squeezed in, the more dogs get saved. 
It's often like a game of Tetris, but each flight involves careful planning. Heavier dogs are loaded in the front of the plane for balance. We always load them so the crates are all facing aft, so they're not looking at each other. Once the door is shut, and once I spin the turbine and the engine starts, they get very, very quiet. You have to understand these dogs have been through a lot. Aircraft starts moving, uh, then it gets a little bit louder as I add the power. It's 5.13 a.m., wheels up. And then once we get up to altitude, most of these dogs really are sea level dogs. Above 10,000 feet, they're starting to get in a little sleepy. Today we're flying from San Antonio, Texas to Colorado, Utah, and Wyoming. Oh, but there's a curious and smart dog who wants to know what's going on. I'm feeling all this, you know, hot air on the back of my neck. And this dog is up there just panting on my on the back of my neck. And I look up and I see this guy. And I'm thinking, where the hell did you come from? About twice a year, I'll have a dog break out of his crate and then wander up to the front seat. Dog really is his co-pilot. Peter Rourke has flown more than 15,000 animals from overcrowded shelters who use euthanasia to no-kill shelters in other areas who can handle the capacity. The dogs are then adopted out to their forever homes. Texas is, is a big, they have a big problem. And so we're drawing our animals from Dallas, Odessa, Abilene, El Paso, Laredo, Hobbs, New Mexico. We occasionally draw out of... Um, uh, the Phoenix area. And then the rest of them come out of the Central Valley of California. Pam, did you know there is a widely held perception that doctors don't make good pilots? What? I have not heard this before. They, they say it, but it's actually a misperception that's based on a limited report from the 1960s with a very small sample size. But Peter addresses that thought head on by saying that he was a pilot well before he became an orthopedic surgeon. He's had his pilot's license since he was 17 well before he had his scalpel. I worked my way through medical school as a pilot, teaching flying, doing charter work, sightseeing tours over the Chesapeake Bay. I went to med school in Baltimore. Somewhere between 11,000 and 13,000 feet, Peter tells us what it's like to fly solo with these animals. And listen to you know, a lot of country restaurants out here, and listen to the music, and, and just watch the world kind of go by. Now, the caravan might be a big plane, but at least it's slow. So I've got a lot of time. This all started back in 2012 when Peter's wife died unexpectedly only months after their wedding. A call from a friend helped put Peter on his current path. When that friend of mine called me and said Meg would want me to be happy and I started doing the rescue flights, you know, I'm saving them. And when in fact, the secret is that they were the ones who saved me. By 3.30 in the afternoon, the Cessna caravan begins its descent into Utah, its last stop for the day before Peter heads home to Wyoming. You can start to hear a stirring. As we start the descent, they start waking up again, up below 10,000 feet, and they start making noise. The schedule is tight, but this well-oiled machine makes sure that last stop happens by 4 p.m. When I drop the dogs off at that last stop, that's just the start of the day for the receiving groups. They have hours of work in front of them. 
And I don't want to drop dogs at eight o'clock at night and they're working until one in the morning. A reluctant hero, Peter admits that he is doing some good. He's doing his small part, but he assigns true hero status to the folks organizing and running the shelters. They're not getting paid for this. This is absolutely a labor of love for them. And they go in there every single day. Sometimes they're looking at these dogs for months and uh, cleaning out the stalls, changing the water, fresh fruit, grooming them, exercising them, teaching them how to walk on a leash, teaching them voice commands, getting them ready for their adoptive homes. Headed home to Wyoming, Peter likes to make sure to depart that last stop before it gets dark. I don't like flying at night uh, over the mountains, because keep in mind, our routes will either take us over the Rocky Mountains, the Sierra Madres, or the Cascades. Tomorrow, we'll bring another day of flying dogs to their forever homes. Dog is My Co-Pilot has grown from 42 flights a year and 1,000 animals rescued to 2020 when they flew 55 and 4,000 animals were rescued. This year, they're budgeted for 70 flights and will probably rescue between five and 6,000 animals. That is incredible. And thanks to a very generous grant from the Petco Foundation, Peter was able to bring on three more volunteer pilots to help out. Now he gets to spend more time at home with his dogs. A happy ending for the whole dog family. (laughs) Well, speaking of happy endings, I want to thank you for bringing Dog Edition along with you on your walk today. We'll be back next week with another episode, but chances are that you and your dog may be taking a walk between now and then. And we have something else for you to listen to. If you're interested in hearing more from some of our guests, please check out DPN's sister show, The Long Leash. Or if you know a dog that has cancer, check out another DPN show, Dog Cancer Answers. This week on The Long Leash, you can hear my extended conversation with Peter Rourke. It goes well over an hour, but he is a fascinating physician who has a great worldview. And I think you'll really enjoy listening to it on The Long Leash. And take Dog Edition along on your dog walk next week. We'll meet Larissa Wall, a true pioneer in the pet rescue space. You probably know her as host of Hallmark Channel's Adoption Ever After initiative for the network's morning show, Home and Family. Also next week, we dig in and take our licks at Ben and Jerry's latest creation, It's ice cream for dogs. I cannot wait. We're going to get to taste this ice cream for dogs, right? I hope so. We'll find out next week. Excellent. Dog Podcast Network is for dog lovers by dog lovers, and that means we want to hear from you. You can check the show notes for links and information on how to reach us, including our old school recorded listener line, where you can call in to share your dog stories with us. This week, we really want to know what's something you wish was invented for your dog but doesn't exist today. Let your imagination go wild and let us know what you're thinking by sending us a voicemail. You can do that by going to our website, dogedition.com, and clicking on the blue microphone icon on the bottom right side. Or if you prefer the telephone works, you can call our listener line. Call 866-T-A-L-K-DOG. 866-TALK-DOG. You can also learn about our 101 Dog Stories contest with over $15,000 in prize money. We're looking for correspondence for Dog Edition. 
Also, be sure to join our pack by subscribing to Dog Edition and tell a friend about the show. I'm Pamela Lawrence, and I'll see you at the dog park. I'm James Jacobson, and I want to thank you for listening today. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.